Welcome to TV Chinwag, where we take one part cheeky talk, two parts witty banter, and dump in a whole heaping spoonful of snark. It's TV Chinwag. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Jules. Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is episode 28. You're listening to the TV Chinwag podcast. My name is Ryan, and with me, as always, is a woman who has a very low pleasure, what did you say, a pleasure <laughs> threshold. Jules, I don't even know what that means, Jules. What does a low pleasure threshold mean? Um, <laughs> Please tell me. I, d- I don't know if or? our relationship's at that point yet, Ryan. Um, I think we, we, were, ah. we were just talking about television and shows uh, because we do a podcast about television and I said that I have a low pleasure threshold. It does. Sometimes I can watch things and it doesn't take, doesn't take a lot to give me pleasure. Um, You're easily amused is what that means. You're a bit of a simpleton. No, but sometimes... Yes, that's what that means. Well, not amused, pleased. There's a difference, I think. Ah, I actually have a high comedy okay. threshold. Low pleasure threshold, yes. high comedy threshold. Um, but yes, right. I can watch things and um, enjoy them. It doesn't take a lot, uh, which... Uh, unfortunately, there are still TV shows that don't even get to that point. But there are a lot of shows I can watch that, um, you know, can be pleasurable without um, without having to do too much. But uh, yeah, I, I I do understand that, and it's not there's nothing wrong with seeing good in in shows and and being able to take the the good with the bad. Um, but one of our mandates here, Jules, is to only watch good TV and recommend it. That's that, well. I'd say to watch shows, to recommend shows I enjoy, and I, that doesn't mean they're always good. That's fair. That's fair <laughs> enough. Uh, okay. and, and, and you I can think, accept that. Yeah. And 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 by uh, osmosis, if I enjoy it and you enjoy it, it probably means it's pretty good. Uh, probably because eh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I do think that's something you you have to be aware of when people are reviewing shows, books movies, whatever, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even when you're objectively trying to assess the value or the, or the effectiveness and, and art of the narrative, there's always going to be a big, big, huge chunk of, did I like it or not? And, you know, there are certain genres and certain stories that doesn't matter if it's the best thing ever made, I'm not going to enjoy it. Um, I, I, you know, it's like... A, I forget who said it once. I heard on an interview someone saying, you know, they didn't like police shows. So you can tell them that The Wire is the best thing that's ever aired on American television, but they're still not going to watch it because they don't like police shows. <laughs> sure. I uh, won't wa- people won't watch um, uh, Battlestar Galactica because they don't like science fiction. Yeah, and so people go, oh, yeah, but it's like, you know, it's like The Wire in space. <laughs> Or it's like, right. I think I heard people describe it as the West Wing in space or something. It's like, yeah, but it's got spaceships, so some people are just never going to watch it. Right. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> having, yes. having worked out that, I don't know what we worked out just then. Let's go to some TV news because I have got so many things to talk about. All um, right, go. Okay, I'll start with a bit of... Good news, bad news. What would you like first, Ryan? The good news or the bad news? Give me the bad news. Okay. Give so we, news. we talked yeah. about, uh, I think a couple of uh, episodes ago, we talked about uh, Grace Point, the American remake of uh, Broadchurch, which has been uh, certainly been a ratings disaster for Fox. Uh, and now they remade this English crime thriller, uh, using the same lead, David Tennant, uh, some of the same writers and directors, and yet it, it hasn't played on Fox at all. And if they hadn't already made 12 episodes, uh, they probably would have cancelled it by now. So, given that the definition uh, of stupidity is continuing to do the same thing and expecting a different outcome, what have they gone and done? They've gone and announced that they're going to do They've an Amer- American, no, an American remake <laughs> of Luther. Luther's. Like, where do you start with the what the fucks on that? So we did talk about Luther yeah. a number of episodes ago. That's the Idris Elba vehicle written by Neil Cross, uh, who is actually on board yeah. to write the adaptation. <clears throat> 
uh, but why? Why? Yeah, why? Luther's a great show. Four episodes or five episodes, whatever it is, per season, and it totally plays for American audiences. I don't know. I don't know what the. I mean, money. Obviously, they yeah. are trying to make more money from it, but. You know, if you have scripts and you're already ready to go, it, maybe that makes it easier. But, I mean, they change it enough that, you know, is it even worthwhile? I mean, well, it's, and Fox, it's a new show. There's no way are they going to call them something else as well? No way Fox is going to be doing three or four episodes, are they? They'll do a 12-episode season. Right. Uh, so it won't have the same form. And... You know, I have to say, I'm sure I mentioned it. You know, when we when we talked about it, uh, when we talked about the the series, um, I don't think it's the best written show in the world. <laughs> it's it's no. it's a bit of a hot no. mess in parts, but it works because Idris Elba and, to a large extent, Ruth Wilson, who plays Alice, um, it, it, it's it's very much a, a star driven vehicle i think i think uh you know the character of luther isn't per se particularly original he's the you know the cop who's drawn to the darkness of the you know people he investigates and crosses lines and blah 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 um you know that that's hardly original it's the it's what a large amount i think of his success is what idris elba brings to to the role in the in the sort of physicality and his tortured very very hot masculinity um so yeah i just shaking my head i you know i'll be i'll be mildly interested to see who they cast in it but um and i'll probably i don't know if i could even bring myself to watch it but um i just after the experience of um, well if it's not if it what if it's idris alba it's not he's on rock board as an ep oh. but he's not uh, he's not going to star in it uh, if it was Idris Elba, mm, I would definitely give it a go for sure. I mean, I'd watch Id- Idris yeah. Elba do a car commercial. Um, but yeah, I just and like if Fox has got a bucket of money, they like what Luther does. I think there are people in America who write TV shows. Say this is the yeah. sort of show we want, and. Get someone to write Rip it, it or if they love what Idris Elba is doing, go after him with your bucket of money and say, "We would, you know, we would like you to be in a show. What would you like to do?" <laughs> um, this has, this just has episodes written all over it, doesn't it? Oh, it does. <laughs> If people have forgotten, that's the... Uh, yeah, uh, I can see them. We want to bring Luther over here, but uh, we're going to change it up. It's going to be a half-hour sitcom starring, <laughs> you know, uh, starring Kevin James as Luther. <laughs> oh, dear. It's, yeah. Anyway, the good news is there is a new series of Luther starring Idris Elba. Well, two episodes um, slated for next year. Now, we'd sort of heard there wasn't going to ever be any more Luther. Um, There'd been sort of vague talk of uh, maybe a movie or that, but really it sounded like after the season this year it was over. But uh, they're putting the band back together again. Uh, Well, at least Idris Elba. I don't know if... Ruth Wilson, who's currently in uh, the American series The Affair, which we're going to be talking about um, shortly. Uh, not this week, but next next week. Is it next week, Ryan? Yep. Um, yep. So, yes, it's um, it's coming back. Two episodes. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, I'll so, watch it. Oh, of course we'd watch it. So that's very, very exciting. So that counters the bad and dark news and Fox just just stop it, okay? Not just for my okay. own personal enjoyment, but I think you know you're in trouble with your schedule of shows at the moment, uh, and I don't think this is going to help. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking it's probably not going to help either. So we'll see. <sighs> we we will see. Um, ah, now you know my interest, uh, Ryan, for. Shows reappearing on different broadcast platforms. We now have mm-hmm. the A and E series Longmire, which I think has had three seasons so far. It's a detective procedural set in Montana uh, with Katie mm-hmm. Sackov in it. I think there are other people, but she's the only one I care about. It got cancelled after the end of the third season, to some surprise, um, and now been picked up by Netflix. 
I think that's the coolest thing ever, you know, when a show is like that and it, it has an audience. You know, it's probably not doing great, but, it, you know, it's doing a point seven or point nine or something. And then Netflix is like, well, we'll take those viewers. Yep. yep. Why not? Exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, apparently it had a slightly older skewing audience than, than A&E was after. Um, I'm sure Netflix don't actually care oh, how yeah, old well, you A&E are. Is always the, uh, oh, the, the it, A&E is just the young person station, The right? teeny bopper network. <laughs> mm. Not so much. I'm sure they're probably trying to do that, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm very pleased for that. Um, and associated with that was the announcement this week that finally Netflix is going to launch in Australia. Yay. And, and New Zealand. Congratulations. Australia and New Zealand. Oh, so sometime March 2015, uh, they're saying, uh, it will be available here. There, of course... <laughs> Of course, there's a whole lot of Australians who went, well, of course, it'll cost 40 times as much, I'm sure, and have about a a 40th of the content. Uh, There are a number of conflicts because some of their original series have been already sold to air on um, pay TV down here. So I'm not sure what, like uh, House of Cards and Orange is the New Black. So I'm not sure what they're going to do about that. Um so we'll 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 see. It's a very good thing. I should say that there are already uh, the number I saw was two hundred thousand Australians already have Netflix because it is possible to sign up and pay for American um, or Canadian and Netflix from Australia through Means. Uh, yeah. So there's uh-huh. obviously a market for it, but I would say there'll be two hundred thousand people waiting to see what what the Australian version is like. Uh, before transferring over to a, a local version. Sorry, just looking at the Longmire ratings for the last season, point is, it was a point five seven mm. for the eighteen to forty nine demos, which is mm. yeah. Uh, but that equates to three and a half million viewers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's people watching. So I'm sure Netflix won't have a problem taking three and a half million viewers' <laughs> money every month. <laughs> No, and it it also starts to expand their, you know, they've been slowly building their, if you like, original content. Uh, so I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, diversifying in this way. And look, I don't know if you've watched Longmire at all, have you? No. Uh, first episode. Yeah, so I watched, I watched uh, the first four or five of, of the first season. And look, it's a you know, law and order in the outback sort of show. It, it, Good, you know, it's good. It's not setting the world on fire, but it is also the sort of thing uh, you can dip in and out of. Uh, so it probably expands, you know, because most of the stuff Netflix have done to date <clears throat> has been very serialized. So this is a lot more episodic. So that expands the sort of format of stuff they've got. So, you know, good on them. Uh, not- yeah, yeah. You know what? Taking those uh, those chances and stuff like that, that's fun. That's a, that makes uh, it exciting. So yeah. I'm, I'm totally down with that. Cool. Yeah. Um, now, look, we'll probably talk... Maybe we should review Longmire one day. We should. <laughs> um, <laughs> just We'll talk uh, probably in the next week or two about the schedule of shows that are, are, are starting up uh, either for the first time or returning in uh, January, February next year. Uh, one I did want to mention this this week, because uh, I know it will be of interest to you, Ryan, was that uh, the Breaking Bad spin-off slash prequel Better Call Saul with the amazing, wonderful Bob Odenkirk has a release date for Sunday the 8th of February. Uh, so, oh, cool. Yeah, so that will be starting then uh, after the return episode of The Walking Dead. So if you could wish, I don't think you could wish or hope for a better lead-in than the mid-season return of The Walking Dead. Um, right. And uh, they're actually that week going to play The Talking Dead, the after-show chat, after-episode chat show with Chris Hardwick after Better Call Saul. So they're trying to make sure that some of those 16 million Walking Dead viewers stay around for Better Call Saul, um, and I'm sure a number of them will. Yeah, I don't think that'll be a problem. <laughs> uh, but but def- 
definitely a uh, a good kickoff for them. And one last little thing I, I w- wanted to mention, I know I had a lot of news this week and this isn't all of it, um, was news of, so we're coming up for the last two episodes at the moment of a show that you don't watch but your good lady wife has the taste, good taste to, to watch, which is Sons of Anarchy. So that's that's come to a close or the last two episodes will be broadcast. And so news of what Kurt Sutter, a writer and showrunner, uh, his new project with FX will be... Um, slightly surprising although maybe not it's a show called the bastard executioner and it's set Mm. in uh it's the story of a warrior knight in king edward the second times so a little bit different than motorcycle gang in uh northern california but maybe not I I expect, uh, you know, there will be blood, as they say. Um, But I'll be fascinated to see what... um, But will there be good writing? I will be fascinated to see what happens. Also (laughs) mentioned, which is almost better than good writing, is that uh, uh, there certainly will be a role, at least in the pilot, for Katie Segal from Sons of Anarchy, who I think is amazing. And happy to see her again. Yeah, but that's also his wife, and I don't think she needs to be in everything he does, does she? Well, it's only the second thing she's been in that he's done. Well, still. <laughs> still, you know. How lots of showrunners and directors have a coterie of actors they repeatedly use? Sometimes they happen to be married mm-hmm. to them. <laughs> Sometimes they do. So, like in uh, Spartacus, right? Yes, yes. Sorry, I... wasn't Lucy Lawless married to someone uh, uh, yes. in Spartacus? Uh, Sam Raimi. The... Uh, oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Yes, uh, because I and I have seen. Um, oh, mine gone blank now. Who? Um, Manu Bennett, who was in Spartacus, who uh-huh. also was in um, Xena, and who made said he had made the joke more than once to Sam Raimi of, of um, if you wanted me to sleep with your wife, why didn't you just invite me to dinner? Because <laughs> ah, in, nice. in both those series, his <laughs> character and Lucy Lawless's character had sex. There you go. You had to be there. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, <onto>, th- <laughs> you totally do it. <laughs> I would have sex with Lucy Lawless in a hot <laughs> moment or a cold moment or even a tepid uh-huh. one. Uh, I saw her at the Armageddon convention earlier this year, and oh my god. (gasps) It wouldn't take much, you have a low pleasure threshold. (laughs) I think I have to get that on a t-shirt now. Could be a good pickup line. (laughs) Got five minutes? Anyway, what are we talking about this week, Ryan? So let's talk about two television shows and see if we like them. How do you, how does that sound? Sounds like we'll, a- we'll we'll review two series and then we'll let the the listener listening audience know if they are any good and worth watching. That sounds like a plan. The first one. Do you want to start with the first one? We should start with the first one. Well, the first one is a NBC television show that is actually based on a comic book series from many years ago and was also a movie starring Keanu Reeves and the television show was Constantine. Things crawling out of the shadows on a scale we've never seen before. He's suggesting that it's not too late for me to save my soul. Sacred Cross commands you. Release me, and her soul is free. She did it. Now, Jules, you, I mean, the show's only just started. I think today was the fifth episode. Did you watch today's? I haven't watched, uh, haven't watched today's. I've watched the first four. 
The first four, okay. Um, I think that you and I are going to agree that the first episode was terrible. Yep. That the second wasn't much better. Mm. That the third was a little bit better, and that the fourth was really, really good. Yep. I would high five. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, high five. Boom. I think that might be the first time we've been in total agreement. Um, Yeah. Look, the pilot was a mess. Surprisingly, again, like Gotham, this was one of the shows that had had the big, uh, big build-up, big rap, uh, and a lot of publicity from uh, Warner Brothers and uh, and from um, NBC. Uh, it was so bad, in fact, that they reshot and recut part of it. Uh, uh, I think the quote was they decided to go in a different creative direction. So there's a a character who live i think who appears in the first episode who's a sort of a younger young woman who's sort of set up that Constantine's going to mentor her um they totally then decided not to continue with her write her out have her go off to california or something and introduce in the second episode a character called Zed who is uh certainly an older character more contemporary to um to Constantine, who is sort of becoming his partner slash offsider, whatever. Um, and so I think both the pilot and the second episode suffered because, in a way, the second episode had to be a second pilot because it had to introduce her and, and her backstory. I didn't mind the Monster of the Weeky sort of stuff in the second episode, but aside from mm. that, it was a bit, it was, certainly was messy. Um, what else have you been thinking about Constantine? Why do you what what, um, what did you enjoy in the fourth episode that uh, you hadn't earlier? It was it was well written, well executed. Um, I thought it looked gorgeous. Um, it, you you know it was uh, really good, great visual effects, great. It, it was too clear and to the point as to what was happening and who was happening and what their motivations were. I think Matt Ryan, who plays Constantine, plays John Constantine. He really sort of developed his character by this point and knows who he is. Um, it certainly seemed in the first couple that it was a little bit hodgepodge all over the place. Um, and, and also the audience is getting to know him, so there's a whole lot less set up, and now we can just sort of enjoy his story uh, and, and Zed's story, as it were. I think, yes, and I, I agree. I think one of the challenges that um, the Constantine gave itself is that uh, as opposed to, and we've seen with other uh, sort of superhero slash genre show, uh, there's no origin story here up front. So we come in, uh, so the character of Constantine, all we find out is he is someone who is au fait and works in in the realm of the supernatural and the occult. He He's very skilled. He can, you know, do an exorcism at the drop of the hat. This is his life. So we, know, we find that out very quickly. We find out that something bad happened uh, in Newcastle and in England, um, that he's sort of fled to the to the US with his mate Chaz, um, but we don't know a lot about him. So th- there is sort of, uh, I think, uh, the writing didn't really keep. I think Matt Ryan has done a great job as Constantine, but I think it's very hard to. Um, you, you're trying to give people a sense of this character and I think sometimes that means you simplify stuff because they're trying to get across his character ticks, if you like, without us having some of the nuancing that makes for a more interesting character. Um, so, And also they're doing a Monster of the Week sort of episodic format. So I think that that didn't help. And then we get to the fourth episode and we start to unpack more of him you know, emotionally and and his backstory, and, and we see that through a, a character from his past who who appears, and I think uh, that's when you start. I started to really engage. Uh, before that, I was thinking, look, you know, this is okay, but it's like you know half a dozen other of the the sort of genre shows on telly at the moment. It might have been new and fresh ten years ago, but now. Uh, you know, I do think it has to struggle a bit because a lot of the um, a lot of the references they're using, which of course, ironically, other shows have ripped off from things like the Hellblazer comics and Constantine. You know, mm-hmm. we all know now. You know, he pulls. You know, someone appears with his grizzled hand, and we all go, "Oh, that's a hand of glory!" Blah blah blah. We know what that right, does. Right. And I think it's funny. You know, as a 
you know, shows like whether it's Supernatural or Sleepy Hollow or whatever, um, and not that Constantine invented any of these things, but was probably the the pop culture source that a lot of the writers who I know are, you know, 30 and 40-year-old guys who and girls who read these comics have have plundered for those things and now you've got Constantine and you just sort of eye roll like, oh, yeah, sure, we know that. Uh, So I think that's a little bit of a challenge, but I I certainly think, yeah, the writing's, like, lifted very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it seems to definitely be... uh um, coming into its own, I, I certainly hope. I hope it wasn't a one-off, and I, I can't imagine that it is. So, um, I'm excited to watch the next episode actually, and, and see where it goes. I could, I could definitely get into the show, even though it does it play on a lot of the same tropes that we've seen, especially Supernatural. I, I mean, Supernatural's Castiel is almost an exact ripoff of John Constantine. Well, he is a uh, ripoff. Sorry, homage. 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 Well, uh, and, and Eric Kripke at the time said that uh, you know that's where that's where he got the look from i do have to say and you know having lived and watched castiel for all these seasons the first thing i thought was there are some things that work in a, in a graphic novel format that i think sometimes don't translate to screen and the thing here is why is this guy wearing the same clothes every day like it that works in a comic setting but i think in a, a tv show unless you're really really out there uh, you know, Castiel can get away with it because he's an angel. He doesn't right. know about clothes and stuff. Uh, and even Castiel has changed outfits a couple of times. <laughs> but, you know, as John Constantine, it's like, why are you... No, none of the characters around him wear the same clothes all the time. Why are you wearing the same clothes all the time? Anyway, there's a minor annoyance, but it's it's probably I've just got trench coat overload. Uh, but <laughs> um, what do you think of the supporting cast? So we have Angelica Salaya as Zed, who came in in the as the sort of psychic in the second episode. Yeah, she's okay. I'm not I'm not thrilled with her, but she she holds her own. I don't find her annoying or anything like that. I think she's she's pretty decent. Will I get to really care for her and like her? I don't know. Maybe. Um, she hasn't had much. Buddy, hasn't, she hasn't had much development she, so far, other than not a time. Us knowing no, the she's f- sort of playing the us part. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Chaz guy, the taxi driver guy, is kind of a weird character. Um, interesting. Um, I'd like to see more of that guy. He's kind of like a big powerhouse kind of a. A bodyguard guy? I don't even know what he what he does. Um, yes, other than yeah. drive Constantine around occasionally and you get the idea they've known each other for a very long time. Um, right. Again, I think, you know, that's been one of the issues. You know, it's only up the, at the fourth episode, of course, but I think with the false start they had, things like these supporting characters have, have really only been sort of moving the plot along at the moment and we really haven't got to know much about them as um, and, and any role they've had has been about get, letting us get to know Constantine more, which fair enough. Um, the other character mm-hmm. we've got is an angel who doesn't wear a trench mm-hmm. coat called Manny, played by the wonderful Harold Perrineau, who um, I know back from Oz uh, and also, of course, Lost and most recently Sons of Anarchy. So mm. I, um, I always enjoy him. Um, he pops in occasionally and, and there's a sort of relationship between him and uh, Constantine as to him wanting Constantine to help fight the forces of darkness. Um, and uh, there was a character who I believe is very big in the um, comic books uh, called Papa Midnight who appeared in the episode four that we'd both seen and he was also an intriguing uh uh, character and obviously a, a sort of uh, uh, what would you say is a quite an antagonist, but obviously someone that uh, Constantine has a complicated relationship with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is sort of an advisor of sorts, or no? Sorry, uh, Papa Midnight is. Uh, yeah, um, interesting voodoo, um, a voodoo doctor sort of a guy. Uh, that'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, if they ever come to blows and, you know, has a bit of a showdown, that will be fun. I like that character in the fourth episode, um, 
the mystic uh, guy. Oh, and the one took the, where they trip out the together. He started tripping balls. <laughs> that um, was he that was, was great, and and um, yeah, I'm that not, was fun. Not sure who played. Uh, I think the character's name was Nomo, but um, who whoever right. played him. Uh, and so they're the sort of things. I think it's those relationships and starting to get to see this world that. Constantine lives and operates in is um, is a thing that's going to keep you know certainly keep me watching. Uh, just on that last fourth episode, familiar name to um, many genre viewers was director John Showalter uh, directed. Yeah, um, I spent the entire day with John Showalter today on a bus traveling around our tech scout, and uh, I got to blow smoke up his ass as to how much I really enjoyed this episode. <laughs> Um, I kind of shocked him. I, I'm like, hey, I watched your episode of Constantine last night. It was fucking awesome. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, it was really good. Um, I thought he did an amazing job at directing it. Um, the angles and the shots that he did looked gorgeous. Um, you know, even that shot where um, uh, uh, they're talking and they're at the bar. Yes. You know, they go into the bar for a drink before they go to that theater. Yep. Um, you know, and he's got it nice. He's got these nice red candles in the foreground that are all soft and He's shooting, shooting the conversation from behind, essentially, just seeing their heads on yeah. the turn and stuff. I thought it looked really great. The visual effects were amazing. Um, he said the visual effects supervisor there uh, is a guy whom he's worked with before, a guy named Kevin Blank, uh, who's actually also a co-producer on the show. Oh, wow. So that's kind of an interesting... Uh, but he, Kevin's done... Uh, he did All of Lost. He did um, Alias, uh, Flash Forward, wow. Fringe... Terra Nova, Demon, <laughs> Da Vinci's Demons. He even did Crossbones, which we I don't I don't think we'll ever review. No. <laughs> um, amazing those bugs that they did. The Beatles yeah. uh, were so amazing. They it were fantastic. Gorgeous. And that's and a hard I said thing to, John, to do. Like, <laughs> that's a hard thing to get right. See episode bugs of Supernatural. Um, and I said to John, I'm like, they looked amazing. He's like, oh, because he hadn't seen them yet. He hadn't seen the episode. Um, and he said that. Um, that uh, they had actually hired a bug guy just to do the just to do the bugs. Wow. Um so and and it shows it really pays off in spades because they nailed it. Like nail I showed my boss that and he said, "Holy fuck, that's great." <laughs> yeah, look, I think both so. the uh, visual style of the show and and the special effects particularly when it comes down to the various creatures, monsters and and supernatural happenings have been um you know, have been have been excellent. Even even the second episode, not so much the first episode, but the second episode, where are these creatures from? Uh, you know, down in the mines uh, come up, and, and I really like those. Uh, and the, this last fourth episode, that one was funny. That uh, that second one, that when he goes up to the house of the the dead miner, and I'm like, why the hell do they have this big long wooden walkway that goes to the house? Only to find later in the episode that some creatures pop out of it. I'm like, that's why they have a big long wooden walk into the house. <laughs> Somebody's like, what do you mean it has to pop out of the ground? How are we going to do that? Yeah, now? oh, we'll have a walkway. <laughs> Um, and even like they they went pretty out there with the the tripping uh, sequence in um, in this and I like that like I like it when you like you know if you're gonna have someone tripping don't just uh, have them roll their eyes back I wanted the whole full psychedelic nine yards and we got it and I thought that was and uh, Matt Ryan plays it off so perfect yeah like you have no doubt that his character has been up and down the block a few times. Oh, yes. um, the scene, the scene where um, the guy reaches over and takes out his eyeball. <gasps> they actually had a guy with a glass eye. That was a dude with a glass. Oh eye. my god! Because <laughs> that was that was great. And and look, I'm always going to like yeah when you can when you're doing horror and those sort of things, commit to it. And that was that was mm-hmm. great. Look, Matt Ryan can't speak highly enough of of his performance. Uh, as I said, I think it's harder when you've. Not harder, but he's had to come in and establish this character from the word go. There's no origin story and build up and him discovering the world, the supernatural. He's in it. He's got to sell this character. And as I said, I don't think the writing's necessarily been a great help to him. But you like him. Uh, he's fucked up. There's you know established from the word go that this is a guy who's mm-hmm. uh, you know he's been in this life. You assume for most of his adult life, uh, if not earlier, uh, he does some weird shit. He's deeply, you know, he's made mistakes. He's he's you know he's carrying a lot of guilt. Uh, he's got a long history. You know, he himself has has been down some dark paths. So he's fascinating. He's also, you know, he's got some charm about him as well. Yeah, he does. He's got a great sense of humor. He's got some real 
you know, um, gallows humor to him. Uh, I I think he's a great character. I think a far more interesting character than the movie Constantine with uh, Keanu. You know, this is just a little bit more fun to watch. It's somebody you're going to want to watch on a weekly basis rather than somebody you just feel is tragic. Yeah, he, he's not uh, he's not drowning in his own man angst uh, in this, although he is certainly. You know, certainly quite tortured, and there's you know it's very uh, the fourth episode is quite emotionally intense uh, with the mm-hmm. with the relationship he has with this guy from his past, and I could uh, I don't want to spoil anyone, but you know we could argue about uh, how he deals with this person from his past and what the uh, denouement of the episode is, uh, but that's the sort of thing you want to watch in a show. I don't want to always think, oh yes, I, that's what I would have done. I'm like, hang on, Constantine. Um, mm. One little thing that I have a little, and and I I'll have to see how it goes as the series goes on. So the the character, the comics, I think started in the mid eighties, and the character in the comics, uh, you know, punk music. He's he's sort of grown up in the seventies, and and the punk scene's been a, a huge part of his life. And you know, this is a guy who grew up in sort of uh, you know Thatcher England, and, and you know punk movement. Um, and they've kept certainly the punk music sort of vibe and that with Constantine, except it does. I don't. It, for me, that doesn't work for the character now because we're talking about unless, and I don't know the comic book, so unless Constantine has some weird thing going with his timeline and he was born earlier. The character mm-hmm. we're seeing on screen would have been born around 1980, well after, you know, the punk movement uh, has finished. So his relationship to punk music becomes one of nostalgia or retro liking of it rather than a, a milieu he grew up in and shaped him. Now that's a, you know, we could... Do you think so, really? I don't know. He's probably mid-40s, isn't he? Oh, I would have thought mid-30s. The Constantine character? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, you might... so, maybe. Oh, I was certainly reading him as, as younger. But look, but, so that might, you know, if he's mid-40s, then it, it certainly plays better, if you like. Um, it, it just, I suppose, from what I know about the comic books too and what I know about punk, uh, it, it was more integral to his character Whereas here it's sort of almost more an affectation, if you like. Uh, again, minor okay. thing, and I'll be interested to see, you know, because if he's just putting you know, earbuds on to listen to Sex Pistols occasionally, then, I don't know, it, 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 it comes off as artifice rather than this is, this is the life he grew up in. Uh, I should say Matt Ryan, who plays Constantine, is 33, so I suspect yeah, that's sort go. of the age they want the character to be. And he's actually Welsh, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I had a bit of a hard time with his accent, not understanding it, but it just sounded a bit mushed and muddled. And Oh, okay. Um, I, I, it, it, it was kind of like a... Is he English? Is he Irish? Because I thought he was doing an Irish accent. But he, he wouldn't be because he's English, right? Uh, yes, yes. So it sounded like a Welsh doing an English accent? No, I think he might be meant English. to be Northern English, so maybe that's where the, you know, it's a different than, yeah. say, a London English accent. But look, uh, uh, minor quibbles about that side. and I, I don't know. That might make me not want to watch it Oh, anymore. okay. Ooh. Yeah, I might decide to just, get, just stop. <gasps> okay. Well... Yeah, that's no. the price you pay. That's price. Yeah. <laughs> it's having foreigners on you your pay. television. Um, um, yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, not doing too great. The first episode was a 1.45. Um, second was a 0.9, a 1. And 4 was a 0.8, which is its lowest. Mm. I have a feeling 5 will be up higher. And if, if this podcast does its job like it's supposed to, we're going to see a 2.5. <laughs> Look, I, that's that's viewers, by the way. Two point five more viewers. <laughs> Look, I do think it, this is one that could grow, um, and yeah. I I th- I think it'll be word word of mouth, and um, uh, I think some of the people who may have watched, who would be the audience for this, may may not have got round to watching it yet. So, um, the only reason that I kept going, um, other than reviewing it, but I talked to 
one of the people at Warner Brothers who was involved and said, and they said, I said, oh, how's Constantine? They said, ooh, the first few are not good. After that, it gets really, really good. Oh, okay. That's the only thing that kept me really going. And actually, talking with you, you said... Yeah, you might even want to just skip the first the first episode. Well, I think you could skip even the first two. I think you could almost like yeah. as long as you know that you can have a look on Wikipedia to see who Zed's character is. Because there's no origin story, you can really come in at episode three. I think um, right, right. Uh, episode two won't kill you, but yeah, I'd jump in at episode three, and then you've got the really good episode four, and I'll be interested to see what. Um, uh, this week's uh, episode is is like, but yeah, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with it because I I like you know I like this genre of of show and there's enough about it that makes me think uh, you know I I could enjoy it. It it, it I need to know and and attach to the characters a bit more though because um, for example, although as much as I love the episode four. There's a lot of heavy emotional stuff in there that would have resonated a lot more maybe if that was episode 8 or 12 because I don't know right. Constantine enough to perhaps know, really know and what he was going through. So not a, not a criticism, but sometimes when you have those heavy emotional episodes early in a, a character's arc, it, it it's almost like blowing its load you know, before it's going to have a real effect. That was a really mixed metaphor, mm. wasn't it? Um, I don't, remind me never to use that again, will you? Please don't ever use that again. Okay, I will never use that again. Um, so, look, I would look watch it. There's, there's, I, I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Gotham, if that's a benchmark mm-hmm. for anyone. Um, wow. I think possibly because it's Gotham's pretty humorless even though it's got humor in it for me i'm not not, and there's a bit more i like the energy about this a bit more and i like maybe it's just the genre i am more a horror person than a superhero person at at heart well in my dark heart yeah would you recommend it to people ryan this television show that we're referring to right now, Constantine on NBC. Yes, that one. Yeah, I um, I would say come in at, at episode three. Um, don't be put off by the pilot. I mean, I don't remember. I mean, we, we talk about Gotham having a bad pilot. This whew, could have been worse. It could have been worse Well, than the Gotham fact that they pilot. had to recut it after they'd filmed it, you don't get much worse yeah. than, than that. And it does no. make me wonder how, you know, these are not, uh, you know, spec scripts that someone's thrown $2.50 at to get a pilot together. I mean, these these had a lot yeah. of backing and you would think the best environment to, uh, to come up with a decent pilot. <laughs> yeah, you would right. think. <laughs> You would think, no, way too many fingers in the pies. That's the problem with pilots, is everybody wants to get in there and have it. Well, you know, what if uh, what if he wasn't so much a bad guy? What if uh, what if Constantine was uh, a happy, a happy <laughs> fellow? Uh, of course, you know stuff like that. Of course, one of the 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 funny uh, makes me laugh is. Um, the in the comics the character's a chain smoker. In fact I think he gets lung cancer at some point from what I read. Um yeah. but of course on NBC, oh my god, we can show you people getting, you know, things carved into their face and people taking out each other's eyes, bugs pouring out of people, but we can't show you anyone actually smoking. So we right. have these it's like a good drinking game. Each episode there's Constantine putting out a cigarette or playing with an unlit cigarette or just or you know grinding apparently the cigarette he's just finished smoking which we didn't see into the ground uh, yeah or just about to light one and somebody comes through the door and it interrupts him or <laughs> yeah um which i like i just it's ridiculous like either have him as a mm-hmm. non-smoker or have him smoke i i don't know what yeah. the why the rules are like if there are rules about you can't smoke it's a so you know, standards and practices thing, but um, it's just ridiculous uh, and yeah. I think would get very annoying on set of, you know, oh, quick, we've got to have some reference to him smoking. How are we going to do it this week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. You know, I like what Sherlock did and they have him addicted to uh, to the nicotine patches. That's clever. Yeah, yeah, so that at least they... Yeah, you could do something like that too. They got it in there somewhere, but... Or, or you know... 
I don't know. Uh, it just annoys me, and I, I just think in the the realm of the things we see on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, don't smoke, kids. It'll kill you. Um, but then so will demons. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, also don't sell your soul. <sighs> Damn. Why didn't you tell me that five years ago, Ryan? You're not supposed to sell your soul ever. Oh, damn. Oh, well, too late. Just joking. No such thing as a soul. <laughs> hey, there's another show that we can review. Are you ready to do that? Oh, I am. I am very much. Now, this one is not... Is, I, I bet you won't be on anyone's radar, but it's a Canadian television show. <gasps> Do you have television um, in Canada? Yeah, well, <laughs> some. <laughs> um, this is a television show, and it's called Strange Empire. Some come west to escape their past. Some to find their future. Some seek redemption. Justice. Vengeance. The broken, the damaged, the desperate. All of us come to join this strange empire. Now, actually, you turned me on to this, Jules, because apparently we don't have any... We may have television, but we don't have any sort of marketing. Um, I was was actually vaguely aware of a a show called Strange Empire, and... uh, and you messaged and said, hey, you should really check out this show. So I've seen a couple episodes now. I think you've seen more. Why don't you tell us about the show a bit? Sure. I'm not, look, I was trying to remember how I came across it. Um, I think it was somewhere on the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I must have seen a, a promo photo from it that really caught my eye. They've got some really good uh, promo images out there. Um, so the premise of the show, it's set in 1869. It's set around the Alberta-Montana border. And so it's based... Basically, if you like, a Canadian Western. Uh, This is a time when uh, people are just coming up to settle this area. If I had to, if I was doing a pitch for it, I'd say it's like a uh, female-dominated Canadian Deadwood, uh, (laughs) which sort of gives you a sense of it. It's a serialised show. Um, It's, you know, set in that... Uh, air quotes, Wild West time, except this is in Canada. Um, And it's sort of, if you like... Well, we're in the West. We're in the West. Um, (laughs) If... Now, I know you watch Deadwood. Uh, I don't know if if Uh all our listeners have, but that was set in a a town that was already built. This is sort of, uh, which I think is really interesting, going back before that time where there's really... Just stuff. Uh, people are just starting to move into this area. There's a rail road being built. There's been a mine that's been uh, been developed for a number of decades, which is only just starting to yield stuff. Um, there's a guy who controls, or his family controls, a lot of the trade in the area. Who um, runs a tavern and brothel uh, called Captain Slaughter, who's a very very bad man. Um, with a name like that, you think he'd be good. <laughs> well, actually, and talking about accents, it's actually spelt slaughter, S-L-O-T-T-E-R. But right. it sounds like slaughter, as in kill, mm-hmm. killing people. Um, and right. so what happens in the first episode is there's a bunch of people variously, for various reasons, travelling through this area uh, to settle, to move somewhere else or whatever, and their group is attacked uh, we don't know by whom, and all the basically all the men are killed, and the women are uh, scare quotes this time rescued by Captain Slaughter, mm-hmm. who thinks they'll all make fine whores in his whorehouse. Right. And so the the show is basically the story of uh, centering around Slaughter and and his empire, if you like, uh, but coming up against these women who, for various reasons now, have nowhere to go because uh, wherever they were going was, you know, dependent on where their husbands or fathers or that were taking them, and they sort of become part of this this settlement in the area with this, you know, the mine and uh, uh, slaughter's uh, sort of trade centre, and they start to say, well, you know, we could set up and have a life here. Um the main character is uh, called Cat Loving. Lovely, lovely. We have Loving and Slaughter. Um, mm-hmm. 
she's she's kind of tells you about their characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she is stunning. She wears this amazing long coat and hat, and she's fucking hard as. And um, she's uh, half Cree. Uh, her father was Cree, and her her white mother abandoned her, and so she grew up with the with the Cree people. Um, and her husband has she refuses to believe he was killed in the massacre he's gone missing and she has some children with her who aren't actually her children but they're sort of her family um the other really fascinating character is a girl called rebecca who is with her now husband who was originally her sort of foster father which is all a bit weird um and she's like a savant uh and she's been uh trained to be sort of a scientist and doctor and uh she's sort of uh, you'd say she's on the autism spectrum or sort of a bit yeah, yeah. asperger but she's brilliant yeah. you know she's a, a brilliant you, know, you can see that she's a brilliant scientist but she's also sort of crazy uh, so look it's a story of all these characters it doesn't um, what, what, what was your impression Ryan before I go telling people what mine was um, it's beautifully filmed um, the DP is doing an amazing job I think it looks uh, it looks very nice. It's it's very well shot. Um, you know, you could liken it to something that you would see on Showtime or HBO or something For sure. like that. Pretty darn close, uh, I think. Um, I think the acting was great. I, I think they picked some great characters. Um, it's set on the Montana-Canadian border. So have we determined if they're in Canada or not? Uh, I think they're, they're right near the border. And I think, as, as one character says, you know, does it really matter? Um, I think they're meant to be on uh. the Canadian side. But then we have um, Tamo Pennicut, who people will know from uh, Battlestar Galactica and most recently Supernatural, plays a marshal. Uh, he's actually half... Um, Blackfoot Indian, and he's from the uh, Montana side. So he's a Montana marshal. Oh, cool. Um, but his territory, if you like, you know, I think I think this is not a time when borders were necessarily as uh, hard a line in the sands as they uh, yeah, yeah, th- they yeah. are now. Yeah. And how how many episodes is, is Tom? Oh, well, he appears, I think, in episode four. So he's oh, okay. he's a he's a regular character whose roles. Uh, obviously growing uh, with the show because he uh, forms a relationship with Cat Loving and, and her family. Um, part, partly bonded, and, and there's some really interesting um, lines, narrative lines going through here about obviously the colonisation and the role of the First Nations people on, on both sides of the border and, and, and how this is affecting and killing them, basically. Uh, and the interesting thing being that, that apparently the Cree and Blackfoot were a sort of traditionally antagonistic towards each other but really in this milieu where uh you know even the fact that they've got any indian blood in them gets them you know can get them ostracized and um hated on uh they're sort of drawn together because of that shared experience i suppose um in in this the you know with the white colonization of the area um and it's very you know the i think the the fact that the most the main characters are all women gives it a really different lens as well because it's not it's not Deadwood and it's not uh, uh, you know these these are women who have to fit in you know basically you know Slaughter sees a bunch of women without any men folk around so they might as well be his whores um, so yeah. you know their struggle to to have agency and to just not be used and abused by everyone is really interesting and how they negotiate that and obviously some of them do end up working for slaughter and others of them are like well you know bugger that i'm going to start a bakery um, men gotta eat yeah. and they'll pay me money and so uh, it's there, there's that as well and i think that's again it's an interesting and novel take on these stories of early colonization and the sort of pioneering uh times that you know are often, you know, the cowboy stories tend to be male-dominated. I mean, certainly Deadwood had some amazing female characters in it. Uh, don't get me wrong, but um, that. But they were typically housewives or whores. Yes, except for um, Calamity Jane, and she was pretty fucked up. Oh, gosh, she was awesome. <laughs> she was. She was awesome. So, are you enjoying it, Ryan? 
Um, you know, I've only seen two episodes right now. By the way, a little bit of information that you might be interested in. I watched all of our shows that we reviewed today online on their respective websites. Which is wonderful. And stream them. Isn't that cool? It is. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm smitten with it, but it's, it's intrigued me. Um, I think I'd like to watch a few more episodes. I've only got two episodes in, so, you know, I'm not hooked yet, but, um, I, I think they're doing a good job. I'd love to see Tomo, uh, as well. Oh, That's, yeah. He's, uh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's, um, he's one, and he's, 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 yeah, he's got such screen presence too. He really just, uh, he, he owns the screen when he's on it. Uh, and really I think it's only around episode four. I think we're up to episode seven now. Uh, you start to get a sense of the narrative. I think the first two episodes is really not clear what the show is going to be about. Um, right. You're not even sure are the women going to stay in this area or move on, or is it going to be a show? You know, who's the show going to be about? Um, that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying it's uh, it, it's it, you don't know what the show is about, which I would I'd liken to to Deadwood, whereas you know. You could have started watching Deadwood thinking it was going to be about one thing and it actually ends up being about another. It's a very character-driven show. Um, so mm -hmm. I think you need to watch more uh, to get to know the characters and whether you're going to like them because that's what's going to keep you in the in the narrative, I think, and seeing how, um, uh, seeing how their relationships develop. It's certainly gorgeous to look at that really um, sort of desaturated uh, colour it's got. It, it's a little bit surreal as well. It's got a bit of, um, what would you say, magic realism. So there's one um, one of the younger characters, one of the children, sort of can see sees dead people. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, what would you say, just, just some very strong visual imagery as, as well. So it, it's uh, very aware of telling its story in both the, the visual and the written text. Uh, and, and that's fascinating it's use of color too the way they uh, play with uh, with color in in it um and and look it's just a world i don't know anything about too um mm -hmm. you know canada who knew <laughs> yeah it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of hell on wheels did you watch hell on wheels at all no but i have heard good uh -huh. good things about it uh yeah that's fine um but it actually takes place no it doesn't it takes place in the states it's filmed in around the same right. area Filmed in Alberta. But now I, that you talk about this, I remember Tomo telling me that he was filming this um, last time I saw him. And I said, what have you been working on? He's like, oh, I'm working on this Western show in Alberta that I've been doing a series. And I was like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, it's a, a CBC series. So there you go. I didn't put that together until just right now when you were saying that he was in it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So I hope his, his, his role developed. But look, all the I think all the actors in it... Um, uh, are great and but you know even uh, I might even say particularly the guy who plays um, um, jo John Slaughter who's uh, um, you know is a pretty unlikable despicable character um, yeah. the actor Aaron Poole does actually does really good work with making you just not want him to die immediately well you do want him to die but uh, I wanted him to die <laughs> I only saw two episodes. they find some aspects of him that uh, and particularly through the woman who plays so he has a wife uh, Isabel um, it's a complex character um, but it's particularly through her relationship with him you you if not like him, you certainly, you know, he's he's humanised slightly. Um, but he is there to be um, an antagonist uh, and a very, very, very bad man. Um, I would really recommend this show because there's nothing else like it on television at the moment. It's, again, taking advantage of television to, to you know, to tell a story that's, uh, you know, it's not just case of the week. It's uh, it is certainly a character driven story. It doesn't even have uh, you know like other shows we've talked about, uh, say Fargo or um, uh, True Detective had a you know they had the mystery arc that was obvious from the very beginning. And as I said, with the first few episodes of this, you really don't know what the story it's telling is. Um, which you yeah. know, what is it about? And you start to see that it is about a strange empire. It is about 
really these women deciding to stay in this area and start to make some sort of settlement there. Um, uh, the the you know, part of the mystery is, you know, will they make it or not, and will they find out who really killed uh, their the the men folk? Um, so yeah, I I'm I'm really intrigued by it, and I really want to see. Um, you know where it goes to, but it is. Uh, I don't like to say slow, but it, that absence of a driving sort of clear narrative line, some people may find frustrating. I think so. I would say that don't expect going in that you're going to be told that um, uh, or given that it's a different type of show. Um, do they eventually kill off all the men and live in a utopian society with just women? Oh, well, one would hope so, but I suspect not, because having the men around at least means there's horrid, you know, despicable characters that they have to fight against. Is there <laughs> any nudity? Um, no, um, a little bit. Uh, interestingly, for uh, it's interesting for a show set in a brothel. The, no, not... Mm. Not, um, not salaciously? N- well, not even... And I don't know whether this is to do with... Uh, you know, CBC's uh, standards and practices or whatever, but <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, we can have, well, we can no, have, not, not well I was going to say, because um, those other Canadian shows I've watched have had nudity. I think that's part of the, and okay, I might be taking a big leap here. I think because it's more female point of view, it's the nudity at the moment is all about, it's synonymous with female vulnerability and them often being in a dangerous place. So it's not played for the sexual aspect of it. So uh, now that may change going on, but so far the only nudity we've seen has been in situations which are not fun, sexy time situations. Um, So I appreciate that about it. It's actually taking some thought to go, well, uh, hey, we've got this really hot actress <laughs> and uh, be really nice to see see her boobies, but now's not the time because we don't want you to be enjoying this scene. We want you to feel it's uncomfortable uh, for her because she's being, you know, sold into sex slavery or she's being right, raped right. by her father-in-law. So right. I think okay. they're doing that well, not not the sexiest. No, but the clothes stuff, I think, is real. There are other sexy times, even when they've got clothes on. Um, and certainly, Cat Loving is hot as, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and uh, the actor who plays Isabel as well. She's um, she's rather fine. So plenty of eye candy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, and it's a female creator and showrunner. I, I, I guess it is too. Uh, Lori Fitzden. Uh, what's her name? Kiznik? Yes. Kiznik? Uh, So that's very cool. Um, It's fun to see a show like this. Um, Female-dominated, but it's not like... It certainly doesn't seem like a stretch to me. Like, on Black Sails, we have that female brothel owner or whatever she is or she's running the island oh yes for her i i to me couldn't buy that anyone's afraid of her that she has any power yeah um but cat loving walks in oh. and, and she's a bad oh, yeah. and there's no doubt there's no doubt yeah. there so um yeah very cool very interesting show very different um I, I definitely can see people really enjoying it. No, I'll, I'll I'll take a look at a few more episodes. Yeah, I I definitely think, uh, and it'd be probably be a good one to um, once the se- first season's finished, um, binge watch as well because I think getting to know the characters. I think any of those character driven shows sometimes you can get. It's the way I got hooked on things like Mad Men and and Breaking Bad was having being able to watch four or five episodes at once so that um, I could. You know, I get attached to the characters, and and that's what kept me going in the in the story. So, um, yeah, re- really great. And look, uh, you know, thank you, uh, where whoever and however I found it, <laughs> um, because no, we don't get a lot of uh, advertising for these sort of shows, even on the internet. You know, the the coverage of most of the sites I cover uh, and read are uh, very American dominated. So, um, uh, you know. There are good Canadian shows, and this is definitely one of them. So you're saying it's definitely no Murdoch mysteries? Well, it's funny. Reading about Strange Empire led me to discover Murdoch mysteries, which I haven't watched yet, but um, should I? I? Oh, okay. (laughs) Apparently it's it's big in Canada. (laughs) 
Uh-huh. Um, it's no Republic of Doyle, uh, I'll just say that. <laughs> it's no tr- Other it's, Canadian it's no trail of these are all these are all made on the uh, east coast. It's, They're on the east side. Oh, of and Canada, I know what so you, you know think. Yes, I know what you think of that. Yeah. Only only good stuff is made in the west. <laughs> all the crap is made in the east. Uh, it's no trailer park boys either. Um <laughs> yeah, although I think Murdoch Mysteries is one of the one of the longest running CBC shows ever or something. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I did yes. think I'd, uh, well, I heard it mentioned, I, actually someone was going, could Strange Empire be the new Murdoch Mysteries? Right. <laughs> uh, as people who write about TV are wont to do for no good reason. Uh, so, yes, Constantine and Strange Empire, these things could make your life better or more enjoyable. Yeah, two shows definitely worth worth checking out. Constantine, I mean, cross your fingers that it's going to stick around if if they can do what they did in the fourth episode and better. Um uh, maybe it's too late. Maybe it's too late for them to get a back nine. Um, maybe it's too late for them to get a pickup. But, uh, you know, I think that if people watch the fourth episode, they told their friends, hey, you've got to come back and check it out. Maybe that's all it takes. You know, if they can double their ratings in the next episode, I would, then you're laughing. I would hope so. And I would, I don't know. I don't know what else is on NBC at the moment. I don't know if they're tripping over themselves with successes. But I hope they at least, you know, I think if they can get through this first season, by the end of that, we'll, we'll, we'll know. And I think we'll have a, you know, it could be a really good se- series on our hands. And Strange Empire, well, they had, uh, what was it, uh, 600,000 viewers in the first episode, something like that. Um, is that good? F- if there's a CBC <laughs> next year, maybe they'll get a pickup. Oops. Um, yeah. But this would be one. Or three, they had 300,000 300, viewers. In this the, would in be the one that I would love, you know, if, mm-hmm. if things happened, I would love to see Netflix pick it up. I reckon it would fit in with their sort of style of, of different, you know, picking up different stuff uh, very well. Um that could be interesting. It could be interesting, but I wanted to keep going because I do, I do want to see where it goes, and I do like discovering stuff that's really different. Well, this is definitely different, isn't it? <laughs> and what are we going to be reviewing next week, Ryan? So, if viewers would like to join us next week and play along at home, we're going to be talking about two TV shows, The Missing and The Affair. So, The Missing um, is uh, what I, I discovered now. We used to call them sort of mini-series or something. Now, apparently, they're called Event TV. So, oh, fuck off. Really. <laughs> um <laughs> And The Affair, which is a drama about, I have no idea what it's about, but we'll have to watch to to find out. I think it has Joshua Jackson in it. And it also has McNulty from The Wire and Alice from Luther. It's got to be good, right? Well, yeah, once we find out what they're doing. Yeah. We've got homework to do. We've got shows to watch. We hope you do too. And if you would like to follow along with us, Please do tune in uh, next week. This one's going up a little bit early. Uh, Normally we publish on Sundays, so on next Sunday we'll hopefully hear that. Um, If you like the episode, please tell a friend. Go to tvchinwag.com and uh, leave us a message. Send us a message on Twitter, at tvchinwag. And uh, we always appreciate it if you go to iTunes and leave us a review because uh, that helps spread the word. And you never know, maybe we'll get more than a million people listening. Tune in next week. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send mail to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag.